All right, there it is. Took a million years for that to actually go live, but we are live. Donald Trump's residence was raided by the FBI this week. We're still not exactly clear as to the reasoning behind it. Uh, Trump called it dark times for our nation. I called it Monday. Uh, also, the Inflation Reduction Act looks like it's real close to becoming a law, which, along with raising taxes, pushing us further down the path towards unreliable energy and doing absolutely nothing to reduce inflation, will increase the power of the IRS. We're going to be talking about that and more in episode 358 of the In the Tank podcast. As always, I'm your host, Donald Kendall. Welcome to the In the Tank podcast. Joining me today, I've got Jim Lakely, VP of the Heartland Institute. How are you doing today, good sir? I'm doing great. Uh, just back into the office after a little bit of a staycation at home with family visiting me here in Illinois. And uh, I, I thought I wouldn't be so hard to convince you that this was the topic we needed to hit today. But uh, I was pretty hot about it on Tuesday when I texted you about it while on vacation. And uh, I, I can't decide whether I'm still as angry as I was on Tuesday or whether I'm just resigned and depressed. So I guess we'll find out in the next 59 minutes. Yeah, I guess we will see. Also joining us, we've got Chris Talgo, senior editor here at the Heartland Institute. How are you doing today, good sir? Good to be back after a week off, Donnie. Uh, and like Jim, I think I'm moving through the stages of grief in terms of all these things. I don't know which stage I'm in right now. <laughs> oh, well, we're going to get to that and uh, and a whole lot more on this episode, uh, as I have mentioned in the intro there. But before I do, I just want to mention that uh, that note that I always kind of start off with these podcasts, which is if you're listening to the show, the audio only version is probably catching it on a Friday or maybe over the weekend. Well, you can join us a day earlier. Catch us live on YouTube and Rumble and Facebook and Twitter and all the like. Every Thursday at noon central time, you can catch us live, join in the conversation, put your your comments, your questions in there. Maybe we'll show your comments on the screen. Maybe we'll address your questions on the fly. And also to encourage a little bit more uh, viewer interaction with each other, create this little community. Uh, instead of spreading it across all these different things, um, we can see your comments, regardless if you're posting on Facebook or if you're posting on Rumble or YouTube. But if everyone were to go to like the main Heartland channel, then you can see each other's comments too and respond and we get this community growing. I think that's something that we're going to want to strive for. Um, but also we do have the In the Tank podcast channel specifically on YouTube. That is because YouTube threatened to destroy our channel because of controversial things that we said. So in an effort to not censor ourselves, we created a separate channel, In the Tank podcast channel, so that if we're talking about a controversial topic or something like that, we'll only do it on that channel, but we'll send out a notice via the, the mainstream if we do plan on doing that. Uh, gentlemen, um, before we get into the main topics, I have to ask you about this one thing. So this is a bit of a continuation of a conversation we had a couple of weeks ago about the constant redefining of terms by this uh, Biden administration. And that conversation was spurred by the claim that two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth are no longer means that we're in a recession. But this week, 
After the latest inflation report showing 8.5% year-over-year inflation rate, Biden has come out multiple times and spiked the football on the fact that we've got 0% inflation. Have, have you seen this one, Chris? Unfortunately, yes, I have. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I've, got the, I've got the article here. Uh, you know, it's, it goes through and talks about the multiple times he's pointed out the zero percent inflation. It, I mean, who's he kidding at this point? Go ahead, Chris. Uh, well, I think what's what's most frightening about this is that uh, he writes this off the teleprompter. So this was actually written by one of his <laughs> speechmakers. This was not an off the cuff, you know, typical Biden gap. This is actually the uh, the propaganda, the rhetoric uh, coming out of the White House these days where they think that we are stupid and naive, dumb and gullible enough to believe that just because inflation went down by 0.6% uh, from July compared to August, that now it's uh, 0%, which is just, uh, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a mathematician. I'm no, you know, uh, uh, math genius here by any means, but 8.5% inflation is not 0% inflation. It's really simple stuff, guys. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I understand like the semantics here. I understand that we can discuss the monthly numbers versus the standard year-over-year numbers that are that are talked about, and, and when we discuss inflation. But at the very least, he's being disingenuous here. And, oh, and totally. you know what? What like the biggest proof to me of that is, and then Jim, I want your comments. If inflation's at zero percent, then why are we pursuing the Inflation Reduction Act? If the number is zero, then crisis averted, right? Jim, what did you think? Do you see this uh, article? Is this the first time you're seeing this? No, I, actually, I didn't see the article. I saw video, and and I wish I, I wish you asked me to grab the video of Joe Biden talking about this from the Oval <laughs> Office or from the White House the other day, because to say that he stated those words is to uh, really abuse uh, is an abuse of the English language because it 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 mumbled the words, barely <laughs> made it out of his mouth. You could hardly understand what he was saying. Uh, yet another example of the cognitive decline and it's, it seems to be picking up speed lately you know every every day it seems that he's worse uh you know his his brain is more addled than the day before he could barely get the words out i mean he's lying of course um you know and if, if <laughs> it's not that the lies make it hard for him to push those words past path his uh, choppers but the fact that he's he's just losing it mentally and i, I watched that the video of him talking about how repeat let me say this again zero inflation uh you know I, i'm watching that video and i'm like how is this guy going to run for president in 2024 how is he going to be on a debate stage with say you know donald trump or ron DeSantis or ted cruz or anybody whoever the uh republicans put up there hell i guess a tomato can uh he'd still have to say his part of the debate and it would come <laughs> off awful and he can't even if he had all the questions in advance, even if he had all the answers on a teleprompter during a debate, it still would be awful. Uh, but yeah, the idea that we have zero percent inflation—I mean, uh, you know, gaslighting. Gaslight is the is the is the word of the decade now. I think <laughs> not just of the year. Uh, the idea, uh, you know, the justification for this being so, you know, well, some prices of things are up, and some, but other prices of things are now down. So the net result is zero inflation. Uh, you know, really creative. Nobody's buying it, just like all the other lies uh, on the economy that this administration has been pumping out there. Uh, you know, people know what their grocery bills are. 
people know, um, you know, it is a little bit less now than it was maybe two months ago to fill up your gas tank, but not by much. And it's still certainly almost double what it was just two years ago. So, you know, they could lie to the cows come home, which is what they do from the White House press briefing room every single day. It does not change the reality of what people experience in this economy and what they're experiencing is awful. Yeah, the my my favorite quote in this article was from uh, Jeffrey Tucker, president of the Brownstone Institute think tank, and he was basically saying that the it's a bogus math trick, <laughs> like that's and that's what it is really. He says that uh, using the same tactic, you could also observe one month nineteen point two percent increase in electricity, but of course we would not do that because that's dumb. <laughs> The actual increase is 15.2%, which we get from calculating year over year. There's a reason why we have these standards of looking at things, and it's so that politicians can't manipulate reality and trick people into uh, believing in disinformation. And that is exactly what Joe Biden is doing here. Well, and Donnie, the uh, CPI report came out on Wednesday, and uh, today the PPI report came out, which showed 10.8%. So 10.8 percent is less than 11 percent, which it was a uh, the month before. But it's you know still like so high above the uh, the the average that inflation is still rocking the economy. And uh, one of the reasons why the CPI showed a very slight reduction is because demand for gasoline has decreased, which is why the uh, the gasoline index did go down. However, diesel went up, food went up. Um, lodging went up, uh, rent went up. So uh, across the board, you know, uh, the things that are impacting Americans most, especially with, uh, you know, like grocery bills and and uh, rent checks and, and housing payments, those all went up. It's just that we're actually using less gasoline. And I can attest to this in my life. I'm definitely driving less. I'm trying to, you know, save, save money by going to the pump less. So that does make sense from a macro pr uh, perspective that because the gas uh, price of gasoline went, you know, went so high uh, during midsummer that here we are in late summer, people are just driving less. So yeah, the demand for the product is, is down. Hence the price is a little bit lower. Yeah. It's just absurd to me that like, nobody's taking them to task like this. I mean, your standard people are, I just showed that New York uh, Post article, you know, I'm sure that there was some uh, talking heads on Fox News, you know, ripping into Joe Biden about this. But like, uh, again, I hate to say this, but I feel like I have to do it all the time. Can you imagine if Donald Trump was in this position and trying to claim that there is zero percent inflation? Can you imagine how like skewered he would be from everyone from Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live to these Sunday news channels? It would be nonstop. Maybe they exist, but I haven't looked for them because I don't think they actually do exist. The fact checks. Where are the fact checkers on this? I mean, yeah, it, it would have been it would have been all over the place that, you know, the idea that we have zero inflation is ridiculous. Instead, what you have are fact checkers out there that will actually justify, uh, mm. you know, the, in, in context, it actually is zero percent inflation. I mean, I, again, I didn't look it up. I am pretty confident that me just guessing off the top of my head, I am correct. And that if there was any fact checking, it was to actually uh, fact check against the people pushing back on the absurd idea that we had 0% inflation last month. That's what your fact check would be these days. Yeah. Because, because our, our corporate media is ultimately corrupt. And they, just like uh, the deep state, have only one purpose, and that is to serve the Democratic Party of the United States and uh, battle against all enemies of said party. Well, yeah. Jim, I, I can tell you that the mainstream media, as far as CNN, MSNBC, the usual suspects, 
they uh, weren't even uh, uh, discussing the 0% number because they were so busy cheering the fact that inflation went down and the economy is booming and Joe Biden is having the greatest week of his presidency, according to the mainstream media. And everything's looking you know, cheerful well, well, for that's not, 2022. That's not saying much. Not saying but, much. The greatest week of his presidency is not saying much. So maybe well, that maybe that is true. <laughs> you know, in 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 fairness, you know, they they were you know saying that things were looking pretty pretty dour for the Democrats uh, for the uh, midterm elections in 2024, and now all of a sudden, just because the Chips Act was passed and you know Inflation Reduction Act looks like it's going to pass, and you know we had a a uh, decline in inflation according to the CPI. They're saying that, you know, Joe Biden's presidency is on the up and up and uh, it looks like Democrats are going to maintain the House and uh, maintain the Senate, according to MSNBC, CNN and, you know, the rest of the mainstream media. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy stuff. We're going to talk about a a little bit more about the Inflation Reduction Act at the uh, tail end of this podcast. But I do want to jump into our primary topic here. So uh, I know Jim is heated about this topic. Um, Watching the shows that I watch and viewing the Twitter that I view, I know that many, many conservative types are very heated about what went down on Monday. And Jim, I will give you plenty of time and opportunity to Jim rant on this, but I just want to, you know, uh, share my experience with this news. So for context, I think most of our constant listeners should know this already, but I'm just going to restate it for anyone that's new. Uh, I'm a big Trump supporter. Uh, That's uh, unapologetically so. I've been uh, a a supporter of Donald Trump pretty much since the beginning. I have issues with a handful of things that he's did or said or tweeted over the years, but I've always valued what he represented. As Michael Moore once so eloquently stated, he is a brick through the window of the establishment. And I've loved that since day one, right? So I've defended Trump through the Russia witch hunt. I've defended him through the Ukraine witch hunt. I've defended him through the January 6th witch hunt. <laughs> so like all of those put together is like six years of witch hunts. Um, so when I saw the news of the FBI raid on Trump's residence on Monday, I rolled my eyes and went back to watching Westworld. To me, this was par for the course. Yet another political stunt to try to make look make Trump look like he's the devil. I wasn't worried. I didn't think anything, uh, you know, changed. Uh, I figured that this would all amount to nothing like every other witch hunt has amounted to nothing. Uh, It wasn't until I started seeing the reactions from people the following day uh, about how this was unprecedented. This is an outrageous overreach, et cetera, et cetera, that I realized, you know, like, oh, well, this is like a big deal. And before I turn the stage over to Jim for his first round of Jim rants, I want to clarify (laughs) I don't mean to undermine the significance of this event. Uh, I've just been witness to years and years and years of uh, fervent anti-Trump hysteria. So my res- my surprise reactions have been dulled, apparently, <laughs> because this was this didn't seem like uh, earth shaking news to me when I first saw it. It just seemed like par for the course, like I said. So now I, I turn the, the the stage over to Jim, who surely won't take this as an opportunity to skew what I just said as some condoning of the FBI's actions. So have at it, Jim. W- what have you got to say about this? Well, like I said, I, in the top of the podcast, I, I'm fluctuating between depressed resignation over what happened on Monday, uh, this unprecedented action, and uh, still being quite angry about it. Uh, let, let's just let me let's see if we can get my get my blood going up a little bit here. The 
this is an unprecedented action. You, you understand what's what's going on here. First of all, this was not about a violation. This is the, the official cover story here. And this is how we have to think about almost every action. Unfortunately, this is the way, this is the world we live in today. You have to think about almost every action of the FBI uh, you know, with, with suspicion. Uh, and so their cover story, and I think it's fair to call it that, their, their pretext for raiding the home of the former, the, the most recent former president of the United States was a violation of the Presidential Records Act, a dispute with the National Archives over documents that he has in his possession that uh, are allegedly classified. Now, uh, as Chris, Chris came into my office this morning, we talked about um, the, the plague of overclassification of documents is a decades-long joke in Washington, D.C. Everything is classified because, frankly, the government, the deep state, doesn't want the American people to know very much about what's actually going on and what they're actually doing. And so almost every the overclassification, it is rampant. It's been that way for decades. So even the idea that Donald Trump is, is illegally holding classified documents and that somehow is endangering national security or some other BS excuse is that just that. It's a BS excuse. But uh, we have to understand this, this is not actually really about that. I think the raid was all about um, injecting more breath of life into the dying January 6th investigation. Because this, this administration, this, this deep state, I should say, has been going after Donald Trump since before he was inaugurated. They wanted to impeach him before Inauguration Day. They started, Obama, there was a meeting in the White House with Obama and Biden and other and uh, James Comey, head of the FBI, talking about ways to sick the FBI on him and accuse him of the whole Russia collusion hoax. This is just the latest extension of this entire illegal, corrupt operation to get Donald Trump by any means necessary. And they mean by any means necessary. And this whole thing was completely ridiculous. And when they're going after him for so-called violations of federal law, again, the Presidential Records Act, which again is, is a joke. Right. Oh, by the way, right now, Barack Obama is in possession of 30 million pages of presidential documents that he said he was going to bring home with him. Uh, they were going to go through them. They were going to scan them digitally and then give them back over to the National Archives. He's still in possession of those documents. He hasn't scanned one damn thing. And I don't see anybody raiding his house looking for those documents. This is a joke. This is, again, all, all about January 6th. But to have this happen, to have the FBI go after the former, the former president of the United States, who in the polls right now is leading Joe Biden, is the presumptive nominee, whether you like it or not, of the Republican Party for the election in 2024, who, uh, who was defeated in the election by, by uh, Joe Biden to have that president sick his FBI on my former and future political opponent. That is banana Republic stuff. That's stuff. I don't, that, that's stuff that the Soviet Union did. They may even not have even gone that far. Who knows? That's the stuff uh, the, the communist Chinese government does right now on the, on the pretext again of a very minor violation. Meanwhile, the FBI has no interest at all in investigating any of the corruption of the Biden family and its its positions in power with foreign governments. Hunter Biden is on video committing several serious felonies, including arguing with his Eastern European hooker about how much uh, the crack that is on the scale actually weighs. 
and whether or not they should subtract the, the weight of the baggie and take the crack out and just measure the crack to make sure we're all being even here. That's on video. And we're in a world now where that's not an exaggeration. <laughs> that's not an exaggeration. That is on video. Hunter Biden is known to have dumped his illegal gun, which he also shows on video all the time, in a trash can by an elementary school. The Secret Service knows this. I think they went and retrieved it. Nothing. Mm -hmm. No investigation. Not anything happening to him. Uh, Hillary Clinton, of course, and this all these things come to mind. It's like this is why we live in a in a in a banana republic. I I I think the FBI, frankly, should maybe have to be dismantled, broken up into pieces, and having its its powers somehow delegated elsewhere. Because as it, as it stands right now, it is it is the enforcement arm of the Democratic Party. It carries out political prosecutions going all the way back from when Trump was before he was even inaugurated until today. Hillary Clinton destroys 30,000 emails that she stored on her illegal server when she was secretary of state. Almost all of them certainly classified. She destroys them with bleach bit. She has her staffers. She instructs her staffers to destroy their blackberries with hammers. And she is not. And James Comey comes out and says, well, you know, no, no federal prosecutor would ever prosecute this case. You know, that's uh, everybody knows that, uh, you know, when Andrew Cuomo, the disgraced, disgusting former governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo tweets out that, you know, this this is kind of fishy. This whole FBI raid is kind of fishy. Then, you know, this thing stinks to high heaven when Andrew Cuomo thinks that. Uh, you know, the FBI is a corrupt organization. It is it is basically the secret police of the left and the deep state and the Democratic Party. I, I don't know how, frankly, how the republic really survives if this is allowed to continue. I really mean that. It is, it's sad. That's where I'm getting between anger and depression, because I don't you I don't see how you can survive as a free democratic republic when you have an FBI that operates this way, because they, they they carry out all of this corruption and all of these attacks with the patina of legality so that people will say that at least half the population will think it's legitimate. None of this is legitimate. It's all BS. And yeah. this is just the latest continuation of it. Yeah, yeah, Jim, you, you kind of uh, uh, jumped to like four or five of the points that I wanted to make, but I know by now to not interrupt a Jim rant. So I just let you go. But uh, we are probably going to address some of these things that you had mentioned uh, a all little right. bit more in depth. But I'll Chris, sit back and have some coffee. Go on. Chris. <laughs> yeah, more coffee. Make sure it's strong. Yeah. Uh, Chris, uh, you know, I, I figured when I first saw the headlines, I figured that this had to be related to January 6th. Sorry, let me clarify. January 6th, 2021 stuff. Um, but then, yeah, like Jim mentioned, I found out that this is supposedly about documents that were disputed by the National Records Archive. It's just like, really? Like, this is what this is over? What were your initial reactions? Feel free to get as heated as Jim. Okay, well, I mean, first of all, Jim covered a lot of ground there, so I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, retread and, uh, you know, uh, review what Jim already uh, went through. So, Donnie, I'll, I'll kind of zero in on uh, the uh, FBI's behavior during the raid. So, first of all, uh, in June, the FBI went to Mar-a-Lago and they identified the 15 alleged boxes of uh, classified materials that uh, were in dispute. And uh, those uh, 15 boxes were put in a uh, in a room in Mar-a-Lago with a padlock on it. And the understanding uh, among uh, Donald Trump and the FBI was that uh, they would go through those documents and that eventually they would uh, uh, find any any ones that, you know, could have national security secrets on it. And they, you know, they would return them. 
all of a sudden in uh, you know early August, the FBI comes in and says, no, we're actually going to go into Mar-a-Lago and, and, and do an all-out raid. We're going to go into you know <clears throat> Donald Trump's personal office. We're going to go into uh, Melania Trump's uh, closets. We're just going to rifle through you know rooms and, and, and we're just going to go on a, a giant fishing expedition. Uh, not only did they do that, but they did that without uh, any of uh, Donald Trump's lawyers present, and they uh, refused to show the warrant to the lawyers on the premises, and they still have uh, refused to show the uh, warrant. Uh, it also turns out that the judge uh, who signed the warrant is a magistrate judge. That's a super low-level judge. They did not go to a Senate-confirmed or presidential-appointed judge because I think oh, they really? knew. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Right, yeah, because yeah. I think I think they might have known that a judge of that caliber might say, hey, guys, you know, hold your horses here. We can't be, like, letting this happen. This is, this is not the Soviet Union. This ain't Cuba. This ain't Venezuela. So it looks like they just, you know, like they took every shortcut. They used every trick in the book. And as we know, the FBI and the intelligence uh, community – has lots of tricks up their sleeves that they can use if they want to do what they want to do. And here we are a couple of days later. We don't know what they took. We don't know uh, if they uh, uh, are, are planning evidence. You know, we, we just don't know. We're in just like this weird state of limbo. And on top of that, uh, Merrick Garland has not uttered one word about this. And we're supposed to believe that Joe Biden had no clue about this. And I uh, guess what? He's in South Carolina on vacation. For the next week or so. So we're not going to hear anything about this. So they do it on a Monday. And here we are, you know, Thursday afternoon. And the administration is just saying, oh, we didn't know about this. We don't have anything to say about this. There's nothing to see here. Give me a break. Yeah. Come on. I right. mean, at, at least own up to what you've done and what you're doing. So, you know, they're, they're trying to have it both ways. There's just so many angles to take on this. You know, I'm sure we're going to you know cover a bunch of them, but Wow, well, there, there's a there's a very interesting clip here that we might play five or six times during this video, but it's of uh, one of our favorites, Chuck Schumer, talking <laughs> about uh, the uh, the the power of the uh, what is it the intelligence community if you rub them the wrong way. So Jim, go ahead and play go ahead and play this clip for the first time. <laughs> these shots, this antagonism, yep. this taunting to the intelligence Let me tell community. You, you take on the intelligence community, they have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. So even for a practical, supposedly hard-nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do this. What do you think the intelligence community would do if they were motivated I don't know, to? but I, from what I am told, they are very upset with how he has treated very them and upset. talked about them. Oh my gosh. Now, Hmm. Sorry, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll hand it over to you, Jim. But like, that's, is that's he proud really of that? Is he proud that the intelligence community could just like go after a politician that rubs them the wrong way? Is that is that something that he's like happy about? You could see the little smirk on his face. But like, isn't that something that should concern us? Go ahead, Jim. We don't elect the intelligence community to rule us. We elect presidents and members of Congress to be our representatives in our government. The idea that uh, he seems to, yeah, enjoy it. It's like, don't take on the, the intelligence community. To hell with that. Of course, a president could take on the intelligence community. Of course, a president could criticize. And that's really all he said. You, you saw at the end of that clip, Schumer says, you know, uh, they, they don't really like the way he's been talking about them lately. Too bad. You know, you don't get to and, and what's happened, though, is that, you know, he's smirking and he probably still think, obviously, I think Chuck Schumer thinks it's great. 
He thinks it's great that the intelligence community and the FBI have been abusing their power to go after one man who dared to criticize them as if our as if our intelligence community in this country is, is infallible. Like that has a fantastic track record of stopping terrorism, for instance, instead of instead of the the, the crap record that it actually has. I actually made a list here uh, of FBI malfeasance, and I, I, it's not really even exhaustive. But, you know, so our FBI uh, is, you know, as I mentioned, it's the enforcement arm, I believe, of the Democratic Party. Uh, it thinks that the FBI has not decided not to prosecute or go after James Comey. He leaks classified material to his buddy so that he can send that in, in response to the New York Times so that he can get a, a uh, independent counsel appointed to go after President Trump. He admits this. That's illegal. It's illegal act. That's worse than whatever Trump is, is accused of doing. And again, we have no details about what these documents actually are and if they're actually classified. But Comey can admit to that, actually write it in his book and write books about it. And he's rewarded, not arrested, not, not having a raid on his home where his where his and his wife's materials are thrown about, even their even their wardrobes to be looking for things. So that's fine. The FBI can lie to the secret FISA court to spy on innocent Americans like they did with uh, Carter Page. The FBI attorney, Kevin Kleinsmith, he pled guilty of falsifying um, materials to the FISA court in order to get that to fool that FISA judge into get, letting uh, doing the unusual thing of allowing the FBI to spy on an American citizen. He admitted that he lied to that. He removed something and he also added something that was false. He removed something. The thing that he removed was that he was that Carter Page was actually working with the CIA. He was an asset. He removed that and then added things that uh, that, that convinced the judge to give the, the warrant to spy on, on him. He got he pleaded. He pled guilty to that. He got 12 months probation and 400 hours of community service. And uh, he lost his law license for a year. Whoopie do. Andrew McCabe, then head of the FBI, signed off on all of these FISA warrants that were illegal and frauds. Nothing happened to him. Uh, the, the Michigan kidnapping plot. It doesn't even actually happen unless all these FBI informants are entrapping people to talk about, you know, a crazy plot to kidnap uh, Gretchen Whitmer. And uh, so, so th and that blew up in their faces. They try to get prosecutions, two acquittals, two mistrials, and they're going to try to try them once again. Uh, the FBI raided our friends over a Project Veritas. Why? That's because right. they acquired they acquired the diary of Joe Biden's daughter that she left under her bed at rehab and forgot about. Somebody got it to Project Veritas and the FBI. Uh, I think Tucker Carlson pointed this out. Last time I checked, possessing uh, somebody's diary that they left at a rehab center is not a federal crime. <laughs> Yet the FBI is raiding Project Veritas. Wow. Wow. What do you how do you think that works? Because the president told them to. Uh, they sent a SWAT team to arrest Roger Stone at his house. And alerted CNN so they could frog march him out of there. They put Trump economic advisor Peter Navarro in leg irons in the airport for a public arrest for embarrassment when he Shit. lives down the street from the FBI and his lawyers have been talking about him. Anytime you want to talk to me, I'm willing. I'll come in. Nope. They got to make a big show of that. That's FBI corruption. Uh, they do nothing when churches and pregnancy crisis crisis centers are firebombed. Uh, they have there's no no interest in investigating any of that. But uh, if you're a parent that goes to a school board meeting that doesn't like the curriculum that uh, uh, that is being taught, you know, the radical leftist curriculum is being taught to your kids, you're put on the FBI terrorism list. That's what happens. They consider you a parent, a, a domestic terrorist. Uh, you know, oh, and this is the I still have more, but this is it. But <laughs> they, they consider they consider anybody who flies the Gadsden flag, the don't tread on me yellow flag, which is actually kind of 
part of the unofficial logo of the Heartland Institute. There's a flag that I have bought since we've been in this office since 2000, in this building since 2016. I've wanted to fly a Gasden flag right under the American flag, a big flagpole out front of our building. That is now considered by the FBI a sign that you are a radical, uh, perhaps domestic terrorist. This is the kind of stuff the FBI is doing right now. Tell me that this is a this is an organization that can be trusted. This is not the FBI of Elliot Ness and the Untouchables and that Kevin Costner movie. No, this is the FBI of the corrupt J. Edgar Hoover. And it's actually been put on steroids now. And so, so the idea that we're just supposed to take their word for it. Oh, there must have been a real justification for them to raid the home of the former president and presumptive nominee against my own boss. Sure, there must have been good justification. Let's just let all this play out. We've let all this lies and BS play out for five years. There's never been anything and they've done nothing but abuse their power and they need to be stopped. Yeah. The intelligence community also came out and said that the Hunter laptop was just probably Russian disinformation. Did you include that in your list? Or <laughs> it's it's in there. I have like 15 other items on that list. Maybe if we have time uh, through the podcast. Uh, what about, what about the I'll false flag operation that the FBI ran on Jan 6? Oh, oh, you just got us canceled. You just got See, us canceled. Hey, this should have been at, on this, this should have been on the, in the safety room channel uh, <laughs> already. Anyway. Look, look who's joining us at the midway mark of the podcast. It's none other that. than Justin Haskins. What's hey going guys. on, there? Hey, uh, I'm I'm doing great. You got to come in at like 60 miles an hour because we're already full speed on this main topic of the podcast. So no catching up with you this time. So well, I'm uh, glad I'm glad I got all my stuff in before Justin got here. So now I can just like have a snack. <laughs> That's good, Justin, Jim. Go get a snack. Just like you need one. Got some low blood sugar, I think, Jim. We're we're just railing uh, on the FBI and how this is probably uh, most likely very politically motivated. We already played the Chuck Schumer clip of him basically saying that the, the intelligence community will go after you. They've got six ways from Sunday to go after you if you rub them the wrong way, quote. Um, so wh where's your stance on this? Uh, what was your initial reactions to the Trump thing? Uh, tell us all about it. Yeah, so the thing that I'm, I, I was, it's hard to be surprised in today's world. It really is. But I am pretty surprised that they did this. If you remember right, there was a certain uh, person who, when running for president, had as sort of the unofficial, uh, you know, campaign slogan, lock her up. Remember that guy? <laughs> uh -huh. um, his house just got raided by the FBI. So you guys remember him. So <laughs> he, when he became president, in fact, I don't even think it was when he became president. It might have even been before he actually became president, but after he won the election. The, one of the very first things he did was come out and say, you know what, that whole locker up thing, eh, you know, we're not going to continue the investigation on Hillary Clinton anymore because we just need to move on. Right. Right. And the reason that he did that was not because he just secretly loves Hillary Clinton. I assure you, that's that's not what was going through Donald Trump's head. What was going through his head was he understood how bad it looks for a for to have an obvious an obvious political tie to an investigation from a law enforcement agency. Like it just, it just looks terrible, even though Hillary Clinton, I think did deserve to be investigated. It didn't matter. There were lots of people telling Donald Trump, I'm sure don't do it. Don't do it because it will just be a distraction. It'll look really bad. It'll look politically motivated and no one will believe the result because it'll look so politically motivated. Sure. And now you have the exact opposite happening here, a very apparent 
uh, political tie to this. Whether Donald Trump actually had something in his house that he shouldn't have had or not, I'm sure they could have figured out a way to get that without actually raiding it with 30 FBI agents or whatever. So sure. this, there's no doubt about it. The reason they did it this way was because it was there was political gain associated with it, or at least a perceived political gain. So what is the political gain? That I'm having a hard time understanding. And that's and that's really the thing that interests me the most is not yeah. that this happened. That's scary. But why would they do this? If it's just to assassinate Donald Trump's political career, that's already been done like 50,000 times. And he's, you know, come back to life over and over and over again. You can't do that. Donald Trump can't be killed that way. It's yeah, just not Teflon done. Yeah, Teflon <laughs> done. Like, it's not going to happen, right? It, secondly, all this does, it's right before an election. And it seemed like Democrats maybe had a little bit of a momentum boost. Uh, things look really bad for them still, but they had a little bit of a momentum boost. People really upset. Some people really upset about the Roe v. Wade decision or the overturning of Roe v. Wade and all of that. But now it seems like this just motivates Republicans even more to come out and vote because they understand just how completely out of control. It's a reminder of how completely out of control the federal government is. Mm -hmm. And so what is the thinking here? Because I, I refuse to believe that there was no political calculus put into this. Clearly right. there was. But what? It's, yeah. it's either just a really stupid move politically or there's some sort of genius chess pieces you know it's like a like a chess game being played 15 moves ahead you don't really know what's going on but something is happening here it, it, there's more to this story than what we understand at this point there has to be there has to be well, for, for because, or they're just all stupid which i suppose could also be the case but i refuse to believe that there wasn't some really deep thought that went into this from a political perspective before this raid happened and that's the thing that i really want to understand well, for all of the reasons, uh, all the reasons that Jim listed off already, uh, and that that again that that Chuck Schumer clip, um, like it's very obvious that like Donald Trump is like a marked man for anyone that's like remotely establishment. So yeah. then, when this happens, you've got people, obviously the Trump supporter types, but even like the just like standard conservative Republican types that are just like uh, this seems a little fishy to me. So and uh, uh, to kind of highlight that sentiment, um, tweeting just yesterday, I think last night, maybe Britt Hume said, uh, you know, that's a political commentator, journalist, Brit Hume. He's pushed back and criticized Trump a lot during his presidency. Right. He says, I can recall a time when the, when uh, if the FBI took a step so drastic as raiding a former president's home, we could be sure it involves something truly urgent and major. Those days are gone, which is why what the Bureau has done is so risky to itself and to this tense and divided nation. And I think that's like, you know, the FBI does something they go after a criminal like, OK, sure, like we can have faith that that that's a criminal that you're going after. But because, again, of all of the things Jim listed off here, it's like the, the benefit of the doubt doesn't rest in the hands of the FBI. I feel like they have to be a little bit more upfront to kind of justify this action. And so far, they have done nothing to do that. And I think that's why all of these people from, uh, you know, from the, the gyms of the world to the Brit Humes of the world are like, I don't think that this is should, should, how it should have gone down. But uh, I don't know. Chris, you want to jump in, comment on anything that uh, Justin had to say there? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that this was a desperate move because they are in a desperate place. And I think that they are extremely worried about 2022 and 2024. And they see the polling and they see that uh, Donald Trump and the movement that he started, the MAGA movement, the the movement against the establishment, the deep state, um, you know, globalism, all the stuff that Joe Biden represents and that has been uh, implemented uh, you know, policy-wise uh, during his administration, and they are just you know completely uh, against it. And I think that this is a you know short-sighted move. I, I I think that they haven't really thought of like the the downstream uh, effects of this move yet. I think they're almost like playing, like just like you know playing it by ear and just kind of like you know on on the fly, on the rip, like fly-by-night operation. I think that's what the Biden administration is. This is how they operate. I don't well, think that they have this like grand plan of 15 steps down the road. Here's what, you know, uh, we want to have happen. I think they're just saying, oh, no, he's a threat. Let's get rid of him and let's, you know, use a blunt force object like the FBI. But well, uh, interestingly, just Donnie, real quick. Interestingly, the day after they had a bunch of primaries in Washington state and a couple other states, the Trump aligned uh, candidates won overwhelmingly. Even the ones who were uh, uh, lagging in the polls before the uh, raid on, on Trump. So I think this is going to backfire on them. And I think this is going to really um, fire up uh, the base. And I think it's also going to fire up independents and people who are just kind of on the fence saying, whoa, this is a, you know, this is a, a just too far. So, you know, I mean, obviously it'll, it'll take, you know, uh, months for us to find, you know, to find out what happens from this, but I, I don't think this is going to age well. I really don't. Well, you know that, that it's funny because I was going to pose a question, and I was kind of leaning on one side of uh, of this question that I'm about to pose. But what you just said slightly made me lean to the other direction, and I want people to sound off in the comments section on this too. Which is like, do they? And I use that in a very broad, you know, establishment way. Do they really not want Trump to run in 2024? That that that's that's my question, and I was leaning on the side of like, you know, why wouldn't they? Like, could you pick a guy that's got more political baggage than Donald Trump? It's like they would probably want to run against that guy, and that that's the side that I was leaning on. I'm looking for comments over there uh, on the side for people that are listening in to, to their response. But but what Chris just mentioned has kind of swayed me to the other direction, which is Trump has been like a kingmaker when it comes to this uh, uh, elections, right? People that he's endorsed have have won the uh, more times than not. So ninety three percent of the candidates he's endorsed have won their primaries. Ninety three percent that is unheard of. Yeah, so maybe like just that power alone. Maybe it's not necessarily because of any potential upcoming general election where he might be running for president. Maybe it's just to continue to sully that name so that that uh, win ratio goes down a little bit more. Uh, Jim, I'm curious of what you think about that question. Uh, no, I mean, in an ideal world, look, I I, I, uh, I supported Trump. I, I think, you know, what what's unique about his presidency, maybe, you know, if a lot of people don't like him, but what he was, was he was a disruptor. Uh, you know, he the, the reason why the entire deep state went to take him down was because he was not part of them. He was not somebody who was going to allow everything to continue as normal. He would do things like, oh, my gosh, clutch my pearls, criticize the uh, intelligence community of the United States <laughs> for not being infallible and awesome. Uh, you know, so and, and he wanted to do things and he did do things. He did things like, uh, you know, tell NATO to start pulling its own weight uh, as far as the defense of Europe. 
which again are corrupt media and the Democrats together because they're always together, characterized as weakening our partnerships with our allies overseas. But in fact, it strengthened them. He made NATO stronger than it was uh, without adding more members, which we're doing now. Uh, than it would would have otherwise have been, you know, allowed allowed to freeload off the United States's power and money, as they had done for decades. Uh, he was doing things that that were not supposed to be done. Uh, he was making America energy independent. He was saying that the Paris Climate Agreement is garbage and it's basically an economic suicide pact. But only we we're the only ones who get to die. The uh, the uh, other economies like like China and India and of course you know the so-called emerging economies all get to thrive at our expense. He says, no, that's a bad deal. I'm not doing it. Um, you know, he had an America first trade policy, whether you like that or not, it had a, a pretty positive effect overall on American manufacturing and our economy as a whole. And so he was doing things that the establishment that the, um, you know, frankly, the establishment Republican party has never has always talked about, but never really did. Uh, so that was not something that the, that the establishment was expecting to happen. I still remember looking at the night, uh, the, the night Donald Trump was elected in 2016 was just remarkable. I still, I, I can still go back and have that feeling. It was just such a, sh a feeling of shock and surprise. And when you see Donald Trump come out on stage, I think he was the most surprised person in the world that he was, that he won <laughs> president of the United States. But you know what? He embraced it. He took the job seriously. Uh, you know, he, and, and he was just a complete bull in a China shop. And I like that. I think that our government needs a shakeup like that once in a while. But again, the, 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 the FBI, through the Obama administration, the Obama sicked the FBI on Donald Trump the minute he won uh, the election. And in fact, before he'd even won the election, they were sicking uh, the deep state on him. And so the, and why would they do that? It's because they consider him a threat. So the idea that they want Donald Trump to run for president again, I think is wrong. I think the, the, uh, the worst case scenario for you know, the establishment for the deep state, for these corruptocrats in our government today is to have uh, Trump do what he did in this primary season, which is be a kingmaker. If he was to tap, uh, if he was to endorse, say, Ron DeSantis, this is a guy who has the America first agenda, right? He hits the, the media just as hard in the nose as I do. I love this guy. Ron, uh, Ron DeSantis might win the election by the 1984 Reagan re-election uh, distance or, or size at that point. That's, I think, the worst case scenario for the left and for the Democratic Party right now. Donnie, can I just add one, one quick thing to Jim's uh, sure. uh, rant there? Um, uh, Donald Trump also ended the uh, perpetual uh, war machine and stood up to the military industrial complex. I think a lot of neocons and especially a lot of neocon Republicans like uh, Liz Cheney and uh, Adam Kinzinger saw that as a uh, giant blow to their power base. And I think that that has been another uh, major reason why uh, the establishment, the uniparty, the oligarchy, whatever you want to call it, was so opposed to Donald Trump because he did have an America first agenda. All right. All right, Justin, I want to save the last 10 minutes for our secondary story there. Mm. Uh, but I I was I was on I was in your direction. I could already see you shaking your head while uh, these people were talking crazy. over here. Uh, so you guys are go totally ahead. insane. Let, Larry, let, let, let no, Justin say how we're insane. No, no, I. The idea that Donald Trump, that they're scared of Donald Trump running for president is insane. They would love nothing more than Donald Trump being the candidate. Nothing more. There is no, every Republican, basically any Republican, you grab any Republican right now in Congress and put them as the candidate and they would easily win. Easily. 
The only one who might not win is Donald Trump. He's the only one. Everybody else would easily win because if Donald Trump is the candidate, not only do you have all of the stuff that he's done, plus all of the stuff that he said since he lost the election and a nonstop loop of January 6 commercials over and over and over again, every single moment of every single day on every single TV channel where they have pictures of people wearing MAGA hats raiding the the Capitol building, which regardless of what you think of, that's going to be the visual that people see. The idea that that guy is not the ideal choice for them and that instead it's someone like Ron DeSantis, they'd rather have him, I think is completely ridiculous. Of course, of course they would rather have Donald Trump over any of those people, over any of them. It's not even, it's not even close because right. what? Be because you're saying, well, if Donald Trump's president, then he's going to really go after them. And what? And Ron DeSantis won't? So Ron DeSantis will just sit there and do nothing? And he's part of the establishment? Of course not. Ron, pe people like that, and I'm not, a, a, people like that by far have a much better chance of winning than Donald Trump, who who already has lost a sizable chunk. Let's not forget he lost the election. The, the, the guy that you're saying that they're so afraid of, he actually lost the last election. So by millions and millions of votes. So the I idea that- I think that's debatable. <laughs> oh, see, now, you, now you're going to kill the channel for sure. It's not debatable that he lost the election. And and if even if you believe that he lost for reasons that are, let's say, less than uh, straight up, What's to stop that from happening again? So yeah, the, idea, the idea that this Well, we is, won't have COVID and we won't have mass mail and balloting. We won't you have don't know that we won't have COVID. Well, I'm 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 speculating. <laughs> yeah, you know, but but <laughs> yeah. but no, and, and that's and that's uh you know, I'm still pretty much on the fence. I can be swayed either way because I think those are very powerful arguments. Um, like I said, or like he said. The just constant loop of Jan 6 footage, just like nonstop. That's their attack ads. Like, you know, that would be the case. So, again, sound off in the comments. I'm very curious to see if you think that, uh, you know, the left doesn't want Trump to run again. I think it's a very debatable subject. Uh, but I want to move on to our secondary topic. So, uh, Jim, you listed off a whole bunch of different things about the FBI and how they've seemingly targeted, uh, you know, conservative types over the past, I don't know, years now, it seems like. And obviously, the FBI isn't the only agency that has seemed to be weaponized against conservatives. We could probably, Jim, you could probably come up with a list of how the IRS has been targeting, you know, conservatives just as much as like the FBI one that you had talked about. The one that immediately comes to mind, obviously, is the IRS targeting Tea Party groups during the Obama administration, which apparently was so bad. And I didn't even know this until I was preparing my show notes today. It was so bad that the IRS had to come out and formally apologize. Were you guys aware of this? I wasn't. They had to apologize for aggressive scrutiny of conservative groups. <laughs> oh, then it's fine then. Okay, that's cool. I didn't know that. Well, God, if you told me that, Donnie, we wouldn't even have to do this segment. It would have been Yeah, fine. but you know, it's it's like uh it's like uh you know, showing that they were actually in the wrong, I guess, when they could have just denied it. I just imagine Dwight going up in front of the office and being like, I state my regret. And then, <laughs> and then closing the form. <laughs> but uh so yeah, the IRS, you know, obviously has a track record of being a uh, political pawn too, is, is just as much as the FBI. 
And uh, I just saw this National Review article again just last night. The headline, IRS deletes job postings seeking applicants willing to use deadly force and use deadly forces in quotes there. So this seems to be linked to the 87,000 new IRS agents who will be hired as part of the so-called Inflation Reduction Act. And uh, if you look up, if you look up this, that this 87,000 new IRS agents are, you know, are going to be used for some nefarious purposes, or even if you just look up 80,000 IRS agents, 87,000 IRS agents, you're going to see a slew of stories suggesting that uh, conservatives' concerns over this are overstated and how they're making a whole a, a, a mountain out of a molehill or something. And it's just like after talking about what we've been talking about the past hour, like, should we really not be concerned? Jim, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, yeah, I think we should be concerned. Uh, I share it up here on the screen. Uh, oop, there it is. Uh, this is the, <laughs> this was the, the IRS uh, jobs posting. So um, one of the things that, you know, if people are interested in being a, uh, uh, you know, part of the enforcement arm of the Democratic Party uh, and get a nice government pension at the back end of it, then you can uh, join the IRS. And one of the things that you need to be able to do willing to do is carry a firearm and be willing to use deadly force if necessary. So uh, that's uh, if you've always wanted to uh, shoot tech scoff laws, uh, this is your uh, lucky day. The IRS <laughs> is looking for you. You might just be IRS material. Uh, look, the, the IRS is the idea that, well, let's back it up. This is the Inflation Reduction Act, folks. Remember? <laughs> Remember, this is the Inflation Reduction Act. And so apparently hiring 87,000 more IRS thugs is part of what we need to do to reduce inflation. In fact, I was not laughing, but I was just rolling my eyes because we all knew it was true because we talked about it as this bill was even being contemplated. And now it's to the House. I'm sure they're going to pass it any minute now. But, uh, you know, the, nothing in this bill reduced inflation. And, uh, you know, we, we on a long list of crap in this bill was the IRS expansion. But so we're assured that this these IRS agents, look, they're only going to go after the rich. Uh, they're only going to go after those people that are that are cheating on their taxes and all of that. Uh, millionaires and billionaires. There are I think it's what, 746 billionaires in the United States. Do you really need 87,000 new IRS agents <laughs> to go after less than 1,000 people? Uh -huh. Look, the, in fact, I think the vast majority, it might be as high as 90% of audits that the IRS conducts are done by people who make less than $200,000 a year. And it's probably more like 75% for those who make maybe under $90,000 a year and under. $90,000 a year is like a right in the middle, middle class life if you live on Long Island, New York, where the, the cost of living is high, by the way. Or if you happen to be like a firefighter and a nurse, your combined income would be about $100,000, you know, which is not much. That's what the IRS is focused on. The IRS is not, th th this expansion of the agency is not there to go after the rich, it's to go after you, it's to go after me. And it is to basically um, make another army of lowest learner types who will uh, abuse their power to go after enemies of the regime. I wish this wasn't the case. I wish I could be convinced that this is not the case. But well, when you see what our government is doing from the FBI on down, and now the IRS, and what the IRS history of doing under the Obama administration was like, how are we not supposed to think that this is what the result is going to be? Because well, there has been nothing this government does that it gives anybody any trust that they're doing anything on the up and up. It's all in the service of an agenda and a political party. Oh, Jim, you want to be convinced? Oh, come on. I've got, uh, I've got a video right here for you that, that should, uh, that convince you. More right. interaction with the IRS. I, I don't understand your question. You have to say more. 
Do you think it's going to be popular when the 87,000 new employees hired by the IRS go around and start auditing people to pay for the Inflation Reduction Act? So it's very clear, uh, the IRS commissioner was very clear on this. He said that on, on the record, that this only will, it will only apply to those earning over $400,000. The commissioner said, and I quote, these resources are absolutely not about increasing audit scrutiny on small businesses or middle income Americans as we have been in planning our invest investment of these enforcement resources is designed around treasury directive that audit rates will not rise relative to recent years for households making under four hundred thousand dollars so this is this is focus on those who are uh, uh, you know, corporate wealthy tax yeah. cheats that Republicans, <laughs> congressional Republicans wanted to uh, defend. That's who they wanted to defend. They wanted That's to they defend wanted those defend. corporate uh, tax cheats. This is not about, this is not about that. This is not about folks who make less than $400,000. So Jim, well, she's, a, she's, she's a joke, but Donnie, I'll, I'll go straight to the text of the bill because I wrote about this yesterday. The text of the bill says not intended to. It doesn't mm. say shall not uh, you know, increase audits, uh, you know, uh, for people making less than 40,000, it says not intended to, which means obviously they're going to, yeah, uh, <laughs> give it know, enough and, time. And, yeah. And just one other quick thing, you know, uh, uh Jim uh, mentioned a bunch of statistics there. 1.2% of, uh, uh, American taxpayers are over the $400,000 threshold. 98% of us are under the $400,000 threshold. Sure. The 98% of us who are under the $400,000 uh, threshold, we pay 75% of the nation's income taxes. Are you telling me that they're not going to have to uh, uh, audit and uh, uh, increase penalties on the 75% of the nation's uh, income tax base because they are so desperate to raise revenue to pay for this stuff. I mean, give me a break. Yeah. Uh, real, real quickly, I want to get uh, Justin's take on on these past couple of stories that we're talking about. Uh, but I will mention the Inflation Reduction Act, like we talked about, I think last week, has nothing to do with inflation reduction, has way more to do with energy policy and all of this uh, chasing unreliable energy. And I believe, Jim could probably correct me if I'm wrong, but the Climate Change Roundtable show, which is live on noons on Fridays, uh, is going to be talking about that tomorrow. So if you're interested in that facet of it, which you should be, make sure to tune into that episode. But Justin, I'm going to throw it to you for the last couple of minutes here. Yeah, so... Um... Oh. One, the IRS, the IRS description. Uh, one of the funny things about the IRS description is it says, uh, as a special agent, this is the person they're hiring, you will combine your accounting skills with law enforcement <laughs> skills to investigate financial crimes before saying that this person's going to be working 50 something hours a week and using a gun. And so oh I just God. thought... It's an army of of uh, of accountants that, that could gunslingers <laughs> that just, couldn't hack it at H and R Block. Yeah, Calculator in one hand, gun in the other. <laughs> it's like it's just such a you know it's like the whole concept of warrior monk. It's like warrior accountant. You know, I like <laughs> yeah. it. It's nice. Um, I think I so it's it's obviously absurd on its face that you would need eighty seven thousand people to investigate you know, 1% of the population. That doesn't make any sense. The other thing is that I would probably wager to bet that most of the people cheating on their taxes are probably uh, not in the top 1%. 
They're actually probably people who don't make very much money or they're people working under the table or they're people who are uh, middle income people who write something off, but maybe don't even know that they're doing the wrong thing because taxes are so confusing. The people who are who are making like millions and billions of dollars, those people have lawyers and they have really good accountants and they're not actually going to be impacted by this. I mean, it, they're just not. So that makes no sense at all. And the IRS above all would know that, right? Mm -hmm. The other thing is that if the goal is, because remember the main reason that they did this is, uh, or one of the, the, one of the benefits of doing this is to raise revenue to help pay for the bill. That's supposedly what's going to happen. But let's say, let's take them at their word and say, there's all these millionaires and billionaires cheating on their taxes. How they know that, I don't know, because how do you know that someone is breaking the law if you haven't investigated them? And that's the whole point of doing this. It's like saying, we're going to hire the investigators because we know those people are breaking the law, even though we haven't investigated them. So how do you know they're breaking the law? You don't. But let's say that they are. There's all these millionaires and billionaires breaking the law. So the IRS hires 87,000 people and like a swarm of locusts, they go throughout the country, just tracking down millionaires and billionaires and auditing every checkbook they've gotten, whatever, right? Let's say that's the case. Right. How long would it take before they stop cheating on their taxes? Like five seconds? <laughs> so all of them stop cheating on their taxes. Now, well, now you've got 87,000 new employees, right, in the federal government. They've all stopped cheating on their taxes because the IRS will come to your house within five minutes of you filing. They're going to come to your house and camp out on your front lawn and arrest you and possibly shoot you, I guess, <laughs> for doing it. And so it's like, I don't understand how this raises any revenue. So on the one hand, the point of it is to prevent people from cheating on their taxes, but they don't even know that that's happening for sure. Then people stop cheating on their taxes, but maybe so they get some extra tax revenue from that. But but. What if they just start shipping the money overseas, hiding it in other accounts? Uh, right. Maybe they just don't make as much money. Like, how can they possibly argue that hiring 87,000 new highly played, uh, highly paid warrior accountants trained by Sylvester Stallone and Chuck Norris or whatever are going to be a money saver, that right. a money producer, a revenue generator, when the whole point is to scare people and to stop doing it? It just doesn't. None of it really makes any sense. I think the reason they came up with 87,000, which is an absurd number, right? Is because in all of these scoring systems that they do when they're coming up with budget, because remember this had to get through budget reconciliation process through the Senate, which means oh. it has to be budget neutral or whatever. There's rules about what, in order to qualify for budget reconciliation, which they needed to do in order to avoid having to get 60 votes to end a filibuster in the Senate. If it so reduces they had to the deficit. That's what so that's the qualification. That's, right, right. So they had to come up with a way to argue this was going to reduce the deficit. So wow. there's probably some calculation that we don't know about that says for every new IRS agent you add, you it produce X Y Z amount $10, of revenue. In and so <laughs> they they were short a certain amount of money. And they said, let's just hire oh my more gosh. IRS you're agents. Probably, you're probably you know? exactly right. It, it would probably be 100000 if that's what they needed in order to meet that calculation to right. qualify for budget reconciliation. Well, I bet it, you anything that that's what happened. Oh, and that's I, how they came I, I totally agree because I think they wrote the bills. We want to spend this much money and then we just need to raise this much revenue in order to spend that much money. Yeah, <laughs> we, we've got the we've got the the the. 
you're out of time music playing here because uh we already have elapsed the hour mark we could probably do a whole nother hour talking about all of the stuff and everything that's in the inflation reduction Obviously. act uh but you're gonna have to tune in tomorrow to climate change roundtable for that uh that discussion over there but that's gonna do it for this episode of the in the tank podcast i want to thank everyone for tuning into this episode join us every thursday at noon on youtube and twitter and facebook and all of that stuff that's central time at noon uh if you want to join the conversation add your comments and questions maybe we'll show your comments on screen maybe we'll address your questions on the fly make sure to hit that subscribe button leave a review for us that would be much appreciated also if you want you can follow us on twitter at in the tank pod if you have any comments questions or suggestions for the show feel free to email us at in the tank podcast at gmail.com jim Lakely, where can the fine people find you at heartland inst on twitter at jay Lakely on twitter and always visit heartland.org and justin what's the same question for you at justin c haskins on facebook and twitter perfect and chris what do you have to pitch today Heartland.org and uh, StoppingSocialism.com. We got some new uh, content up there. John Mackey, uh, founder of Whole Foods, came out uh, a couple days ago and uh, was railing against socialism. So check it out. Nice. All right. Fantastic. Thank you all for tuning in. We will talk to you next week.